Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. I've asked Nicole to join me this morning because of the topic. I felt like, you know, we could do one person and put a thousand to fly to. We could do two and really do some big stuff. Amen. But, but I'm not interpreting what he's going to say, so it won't take twice as long. So, you know, it's, it's all in English right this morning. Yeah, no, so. no translation happening. Go. Although I feel confident you could probably Spanish oh, poquito, translate. Poquito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, turn in your Bibles this morning over to the book of Isaiah. We're going to talk about something uh, very, very important, and that is that we want to talk about the things that hinder prayers. God has said in his word, he has restricted himself to his word. Okay, so, you know, so many people uh, talk about how God is sovereign and God, well, God can do anything that he wants. And all those things are true, but God has chosen to restrict himself to what he said in the word of God for you. And so what I wanted to talk about this morning is I want to talk about some things that hinder prayers. Because some, some people might have the concept or the idea or the thought that God, well, he just didn't answer that prayer. Well, sometimes it's not always God. We're involved in this process. And let me tell you, if it was between me and God, I would always say that the hang-up is on this end, personally. Okay? I'm not going to make it about us. I'm just going to speak for me, you know? And so we discovered some things as I was studying and going through, and I thought, man, Lord, are you sure you want us to talk about this this morning? And he's confirmed it several times, so we're going to get right into it. Because how many of you know communication is important? What does the enemy try to do? If you're in a war, what's the first thing he's going to try and do? He's going to try and take out your ability to communicate, yeah. right? Or let's say you're trying to go somewhere. And I don't know if you've been to um, Yosemite Park in California and seen the big, you know, the sequoias or the big redwoods, you know, that are there. And I don't know if you've ever seen one that's fallen over. I mean, there's no way around it. Imagine one of those across the highway and you're trying to go somewhere. Well, it would hinder you from being able to go there, wouldn't it? Until that tree got removed, you'd have to find another route or walk around it. So you're saying there's roadblocks sometimes uh, in our prayers or communication. Has anyone ever miscommunicated? Yeah, no, not me. I, yeah, not me. me. Well, God, God <laughs> is not a man that he would lie. And if he said in his word, he will perform it for us. But we are limited on our end. And so now we need to find out what those roadblocks are, identify them, take the mask off the enemy and say, I, I see that. I'm moving on before, you know, I'm moving on beyond it. Because Satan tries to limit our prayers because he knows our prayers will limit him. Yeah, that's good. And so we cannot stop our inability sometimes to communicate. We've got to keep pressing forward, getting better, learning more from the word. So here we go. Yeah. So, number one, things that will hinder prayer is obviously sin. Now, this is a, a, a bigger topic, and we're not going to cover probably everything, but we're going to give you some strong ideas of some things that could hin possibly hinder Did you say sin? I said this is sin. church. I, I, thought, I thought sin is more like, well, I just have a, a problem. I just have an issue or a challenge. But, no, sin is sin, 
and don't don't sweep it under under the rug by calling it something else. But let's talk about one of the well, two sin, of these. What, sin is what, what sin is. Sin is what the Bible says is sin. Okay, because you guys know I didn't write this verse. I'm getting ready to read Isaiah chapter five or fifty nine. Look at verse two. It says, "But your iniquities and iniquities you could use the word sin. It's the same thing." But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Interesting. So, you know, you're trying to prayer, you're trying to pray and ask God for something, but sin can be something that blocks God from being able to hear you. See, light can't fellowship with darkness. God is light. He is all good. He's 100% good. And so sin, just like in the Old Testament, it separated us from God. This is why Jesus had to come. This is the significance of the veil that was ripped in two in the temple. Is now, all of a sudden, we can come to God. We no longer had to go through a priest. But see, we can, we can take 1 John 1, 9 and confess our sin, and, and he will be faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. And what that does is that enables us again to come with boldness before God. And the cool thing is, sin is never, I didn't know that. You know, sin is never, I didn't realize I was sinning. Um, you know, when I, whenever I teach children, I'll, I'll say, what did you feel like? <clears throat> what, what did you feel on the inside right before you took the cookie? Oh, I shouldn't have taken it. Well, but you took it. So I said, see, you, that was already in you. The Spirit of God was speaking to you. Your challenge was you just didn't listen. You didn't obey. I don't How see many... taking a cookie as a sin. I was thinking more <laughs> like cheating on my homework, you know. <laughs> well, whatever, I mean, whatever the infraction was. That's why the cookie jar's on the counter. On the counter. Well, yeah. I'm and, sorry. Okay. I'm messing up your yeah. deal. They, they, they have silencers now for cookie jars. But anyway, um, so whatever the infraction was, right before you did it, what did you feel like on the inside? Yeah. That's, That's the Spirit of God talking to you. Now it's up to you. He's not going to stop you from doing that. That's our free will. But then I would talk to the child about how did you feel when you, when you did the, the right thing? I wanted to tell everybody about it, and I just, I made the right choice, and we feel great. Well, that's the Spirit of God cheering you on, saying you're on the right path. So, so don't be concerned with, well, I, I, don't be concerned about sinning, because it's, that's not the issue. The issue is obeying. Yeah. If you're obeying, you're not going to be sinning. And so be led by that spirit on the inside of you. And it's not a big, ooh, what do I do today? No, no, no. It's a here we go, God. Let's, let's do today together. Keep Jesus in the center. And as you're listening to his voice, you'll know when you did something wrong. How is it when somebody gets born again, all of a sudden they have this, burn, they have this deal in their heart. All of a sudden that convicts them, you know, because. Because their spirit became alive when they, they ask Jesus to be the center. You know, when they say, God, you're the boss, I'm going to do life your way, then all of a sudden their, their spirit became alive. Before that, your spirit's dead. That's what being, you know, being alive in Christ is talking about. Yeah. Or being, we, we, we talk about being saved. Well, I'm saved now. Well, saved from what? I wasn't, you know, saved from damnation and hell, but also kind of saved from ourselves of going that wrong way. But the Spirit of God is now alive and living in you. And so you're being led by His Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but it's amazing to me. I've seen people get born again, and before they've even read a scripture, before they even know anything about the Word of God, all of a sudden, they, they just want to clean up their life. They want to get rid of stuff that doesn't honor God, and they want to do things that does honor God. But well, don't take our word before for Before that, you don't know what you don't know. But after That's you true. know, you're now held responsible. You hold yourself responsible for what you know. And so God's ways are better than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our, than our thoughts. Before Christ, you have confidence. I can do this myself. But after Christ, you have Godfidence. Okay, God, I'm in you. Now I can do this the yeah. way you, you, you desire it to be done. But don't take our word for it. Let's look at 1 Peter 3.12. We should let the word do our talking. Amen? 1 Peter 3.12 says, The Lord watches over those who do what is right, and he listens to their prayers. Huh. But he is against those who do evil. So I want to bring up just a couple of other things. You know, what about pride, honey? Pride is a, is a big one, too. This, I mean, Lucifer, he was with God in heaven, right? He was an angel, and pride crept into his heart, and so much so that he was cast out of heaven like lightning. Right. I mean, so pride's, pride can be a major deal for people. Well, the, the Word says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I don't want to be resisted because if we say, I can do it myself, God will just say, okay, how's that working for you? How you doing? But I, generally it doesn't work too good for me when I try to do it in my own strength. But he gives grace to the humble. God, I thank you. Now, that doesn't mean I, I'm mindless and I can't do, and it's God working in me. I've never had a good idea in my life. But God has, and when I do his ideas, and people think they're my ideas because they see me doing it, because I'm his handmaiden of the Lord, and, or the man of God doing whatever, but when we do his ideas, he makes us look pretty smart. <laughs> and that's the grace, but we've got to stay humble and give all the glory to God. Let's look at that word resist, okay? Just to kind of take you back, the, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language originally. The New Testament was written in Greek. So what I'd like to do is look at that word resist. Now, there's a, there's a Greek scholar that's probably the, the top Greek scholar in our generation, a man by the name of Rick Renner. And he's written a series of books called Sparkling Gems where he breaks down these different words. I want you to hear what he said about the word resist. Um, he said, okay, the Greek word for resist is, uh, and I'm going to do my best saying it, anitaso. And it depicts the orderly arrangement of troops to successively wage combat against the non-compliant. So he's resisting, he's going to resist pride, right? So that's going, to be, that's going to be a challenge if you're trying to pray a prayer. Think about this, let's associate it to prayer. Luke 18, verse 11, you remember the Pharisee, he came before God. And, and then there was a tax collector and they both came before God to pray. Listen to what the Pharisee says. He prays this way. He said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust. And see, that's what pride does. Pride compares yourself to somebody else. And you, and you can say, no, I'm better than what this person's doing. That's exactly what he's saying, right? Okay. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. Now, that's bold. He's pointing at somebody across the room. 
because he sees that there's a tax collector there. That I'm not like this guy. I fast twice a week and I tithe, I tithe of all that I possess. So now he's, he's talking about, look at what I've done. Well, you're, there's no merit to what you and I do. It's the grace of God. Sounds like he was putting himself in the God. center. He's putting himself in the center. And so listen to what this tax collector does. And the tax collector in verse 13, he stands afar off, not so much even raising his eyes toward heaven, uh, but he beats his breast and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And listen to what Jesus said. He said, I tell you, this man went away down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone who exalts himself would be humble, humbled, but every person that humbles himself, what will happen? He'll be exalted. Man, what a blessing. Huh? So, I found this little deal. I, I heard about this guy, and I thought this might encourage you if you ever feel yourself slipping into pride. This, uh, this young guy, he got a job working for a major department store, and so the personnel department hired him, and they had many locations. So he went, to, he reported to his location for work. The manager met him. He gave him a warm handshake and welcomed him to the team. And then he handed him a broom. He said, your first job is to sweep out the store. And the young man said, but I'm a college graduate. And he said, oh. The manager said, I'm sorry. He said, here, let me have the broom. Here, let me show you how to sweep it out. Let me teach you. Wasn't very humble. So anyway, I don't know if that encourages you. But here, here's, okay, let me give you the point to the story. <laughs> if you're low, it's hard to fall. Isn't it? Pride comes before what? A big fall. Big fall happening. But if you stay low, man, the low man wins. Football, low man wins. That's, yeah. okay. We also heard last Wednesday night at our small group that, you know, whenever you feel prideful and whenever things, things are coming, you know, up against you, why does that bother you or why, why do those things come to you? Well, uh, our speaker, John Bevere, he was talking about, the Lord was talking to him about, you're not dead to yourself. And so that's why it's hurting because mm. you're not dead. Yeah. You can't hurt a dead person. Mm. You can't offend a dead person. So I'm, I, I say every day, I'm unoffendable. I'm unoffendable. Now, do offenses come? Of course they do. I'm breathing. But my goal is to be unoffendable, yeah. meaning I want to die to myself. It doesn't matter what comes against me. It's a matter of how I reply how I respond, not react. Reactors blow up. Well, yeah, Galatians, I want to be a first responder. Galatians so. 2.20. I mean, I've been crucified with Christ, so it's no longer I that lives, but Christ. He's living inside of me. That's right. I want to represent Jesus well. Okay, how about last one here on sin? Okay, and then we'll move on. Oh, just pride. Look at That's your neighbor and go, oh, thank God. We're getting now, close here. Unforgiveness. What about unforgiveness? Look at what it says in Matthew 21. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mark. Eleven twenty-five. it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, I'm going to share with you a story, okay? And I wouldn't share, with you, share it with you unless I thought it was going to help you. Because I don't like talking about things where I missed it. <laughs> but oh, all of us missed we're it. All, we're all awake now. Go oh, ahead. wow. Everybody wants to listen now. <laughs> That's great. No, I, we were... Uh, I. I remember one morning in Bible school, I, uh, Nicole and I went to Bible school after we got married in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Victory Bible College. And, you know, I remember we would go early and we would pray before class. 
and so, you know, and there'll be other people there praying, and they've got this, you know, music playing, and it's kind of dark in the room, and I, I remember I was pacing back and forth and just praying, seeking God, and I really had this strong desire in me that I wanted to sing a special at church. I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, but I, you know, I was a musician and a singer and thought, you know, I would love to be able to do some specials, uh, do a special at church. Well, the church I was attending was a very large church, you know, so it wasn't an itty-bitty church, and just sometimes it's a little easier to be able to sing a special in a smaller church, and so as I'm praying, the Lord began to bring up in me that there was somebody I needed to forgive. And I went, and I'd never thought about it before. In fact, I'd forgotten that I was harboring unforgiveness in my heart. But the Holy Spirit will help you. I mean, he'll bring things to your remembrance. And I said, man, yeah, Lord, you're right. I don't want to hold on to this. I want to forgive that person. And you say, well, well, Phil, you don't know what they did to me. It's hard for me to forgive them. Well, that's why you do it by faith, and you don't do it by feelings. Because your feelings line up with what you do. If you do something long enough, your feelings will line up with it, right? You go on a diet long enough, it doesn't, you don't like it at first, but eventually your body lines up with that diet, right? And so anyway, so I said, okay, Lord, I said, God, I forgive them right now, and I release them in Jesus' name. That afternoon, we left school, and I kid you not, I got a phone call. Hey, we would like for you to do a special on Sunday, would you? And I just went, Wow. That was fast. Now, coincidence? I don't think so. I mean, because, why? Because I have this verse that says that if I stand praying, I should forgive anyone. And in forgiving him, the Father will also forgive me of my trespass. Mm -hmm. How many of you want to be forgiven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then what do we need to do? Forgive others. Yeah. Release others. And remember, yesterday ended at midnight. So it's in the past. Let it go. Don't relive it today. It's wasting today when you bring tomorrow, yesterday into it. You're rehashing it. Okay, so just let it go. But here's a good thing to remember. An apology is a great way to have the last word. And that means from the heart. Seems not counterproductive there. Not just, hey, <laughs> but hey, just if you, if you have, if, if, if that person that has to have the last word, make sure it's an apology. I always have the last word. That last word is Don't do yes, that. Don't oh, no, do I'm that. sorry. <laughs> she doesn't like That's that from your dad. That's from your dad. That was your dad. my dad's joke. Well, do you have that? that I don't that have that thing? graphic, but oh. listen to what this graphic said. When, I, when Nicole wrote this down, I always said, oh, I remember that. And I should have brought it this morning, but I forgot to. The first to apologize is the bravest. Yes. The first to forgive is the strongest. And the first to forget or released is the happiest. The happiest. Man. That's a good one. That's a powerful Break word, that honey. that one down. You can choose your sin. Think about it. You, you can choose to be in pride. You can choose to have unforgiveness in your life. You can choose your sin, but you just can't choose the consequences of that sin. We have a real good friend in, in, um, in Austin, Texas, and he and his wife were in the ministry, and Phil knew them more than I did, uh, longer through high school and things, and, and what, a, what great potential they had. But she got offended, and she did not forgive. And she lost her life because of it. 
We had friends who tried to minister to them. I mean, this was a long period of time. She even had two children during this time. She developed an illness. She became bitter over it. I mean, resentful. I mean, just and really she, a hatred. She was, she really was actively offended. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Not just yeah. quiet. Everybody knew about the situation. And it was serious. It and was so serious. A disease came on her body that caused her to go down and down and down. And eventually she couldn't walk. And then eventually she couldn't even talk. And her husband was taking care of her. It was her. a muscular disease. And, just, and just she had away. multiple friends that tried to encourage her, you, when are you going to forgive? Just choose to forgive. You know, because healing can come. But we have to be free of forgiveness. You know, we have to forgive. We have to be free of resentment, bitterness, offense, so that God can work in our lives. Same way with our prayers. It's not just a spiritual principle. It's an actual medical principle that certain things that we hold on to eat away at our natural bodies. So if we want to be effective for God and live long and strong, then we've got to take inventory and, and get rid of things that have expired, like pride and yeah. doubt and unforgiveness yeah. and all that other stuff. Get it out, because if you don't, it's going to start stinking. If you leave things in your life too long, if they leave things in the pantry too long, in the refrigerator too long, they expire. Nobody wants that. Mm -mm. So get it out of your life so that you don't start stinking. So the good news about sin is it can be forgiven. Yes. We read 1 John 1, 9, but let's read it again because I, I want to point something out. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, look at that, more than one. Mm -hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, sins. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man. What a blessing. This is why Jesus came, is we can receive forgiveness. And the closer we walk to God, the less there's room for sin to get in there. Walk close, honey. Walk close to God, Will. Amen. Walk close to God so that there's no room for sin. Number two, you don't want your prayers to be hindered? Then honor your wife, men. Woo! This is powerful. You want me to read the scripture on that one? 1 Peter 3, 7 says, You husbands, likewise, conduct your married, your married life with understanding. Although your wife may be weaker physically, you should respect her as a fellow heir of the gift of life. If you don't, your prayers will be blocked. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but this one really punched me in the face. Now, God didn't say, well, because I, I saw some areas I needed to clean up. I needed to treat my wife better than I was treating her. I needed to respect her more. I needed to never assume. In fact, last night we had a pretty long conversation because I was assuming some things that were not the way I thought they were. And because sometimes we hadn't let, talked. Sometimes you let your assumptions talk for that other person. And it's like, no, you need to talk with your own words, and don't allow assumption. And you told me years and years ago that assumption is the lowest form of thought. Wow. You said that. I should have remembered that. <laughs> I, I it's good. <laughs> it's good to live by. So, so, okay, so this verse is not saying, men, you need to understand women, okay? I mean, I, I, I will not confess to, to understand women. Okay, one thing I don't understand is how a woman can take boiling hot wax pour it on her upper thigh, rip the hairs from the roots off of her leg, and then be afraid of a spider. 
How, what, how does that work? I'm just saying. So this scripture's not saying, we need, hey. We need a hero to get the spider for us. So, hey. so it's not saying when it says conduct your married lives with understanding, it's not saying that men, to, you need to understand your wife. It's saying you need to be understanding with your wife. Patient. Amen. That's good preaching. Thank you. I was I was giving you guys some time there. So anyway, so if you don't, if you want your prayers to be heard, man, be understanding, be respectful with your wives. Amen. I loved what Winston Churchill said. He said, "The most brilliant achievement of my ability, uh, I'm sorry, the most the most brilliant achievement was my ability to be able to persuade my wife to marry me." Yeah, I caught her at a weak moment. So. Number three, not asking according to God's will. This is another hindrance to answered prayer. Maybe you've asked something that wasn't according to his will. Listen to what it says in James chapter 4, verse 3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Now that word amiss is a fancy English word. I don't know about you, but I don't hear people use this word very often. Um, but that word means with wrong motives that you ask because you have other things in mind with it other maybe than other other than honoring God in fact listen to what it says in first John 5 14 and 15 it says now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, will. wow he hears us so if you ask according to his will guess what he hears you and he not only hears you he says he says, and if you know that he, hear, that he hears us, whatever we ask in his name, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. And that's exactly what happens every Wednesday. And our prayer group ladies can give, give a little hoo-hoo right now because we're seeing results because we're praying according to his will, because we're reading his word and praying his word. On, on all different topics, all different subjects. People who fill out the little card here, we, we lift those needs up. So whatever the needs are, we, we do exactly this. We pray according to His will. Now, let me address this real quick, because some people say, well, how do you know what God's will is? I don't know what God's will is in this situation. Okay, well, His word, the Old Testament, the New Testament, this is like, this is a will. It's a testament, a will and testament, will and testament, right? And in fact, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever so what god spoke yesterday in fact god said in another place i i am god and i do not change so what he spoke in his word is good for today his will then if he doesn't change is his will today in fact the, uh, some people say uh, may not struggle with the fact that you know well you know i understand that you know god's will is to heal but i i just don't think it's for me I know God can do anything, but I don't know that he'll do it for me. Most people don't struggle in the area of thought, you know, that God can do anything because he absolutely can. He, he operates in the realm of the impossible, right? But people begin to wonder sometimes, well, will he do that for me? Right? So, but in Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, interesting situation. There was a leper that came to Jesus. And he made an interesting statement. In fact, he said exactly what we're talking about. He said, Lord, 
if you are willing, you can make me clean. So what is he saying? He said, I know you can make me clean, but I'm, I'm wondering if you're willing or not. And Jesus reached out and touched the leper. In fact, I was watching the Rockets play last night, and I noticed one of the players had, had pink eye, and I was wondering about the ball being passed around. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to sanitize the ball. But, but, you know, a leper is very contagious. And Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said very powerful words. He said, I am willing. Listen to what the one who never changes says. I am willing. You may need to write that in lipstick on your mirror. I am willing. God said this. I am willing. He said, be cleansed. And you know what happened? It says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So settle that in your heart, in your faith. He is willing. If you're dealing with a sickness, with a disease, if you're dealing with a situation that seems impossible, man, write that situation down and then in big bold letters underneath that situation write, I am willing. He is willing. And not only is he willing, he'll do it and he'll do it for me. Man, thank you God. I'm excited about that. Last one, praying for others. Not praying for others, actually. This can be a hindrance. How is that a hindrance? Well, let's look at a couple of scriptures. In Job, Job had some friends, didn't he? <laughs> How many of you have, have had some friends like this that come and, and just talk about all the things that you've Would done? Would they be considered frenemies? Frenemies. Frenemies. Maybe frenemies, probably. And, and these friends come, and, and at first they don't say anything, but then they begin to talk about, you know, well, you've sinned, Job, and this is why this is happening to you. You know, what have you done wrong? You just need to think about the past and, and something. You've done something because otherwise this wouldn't have come upon you. And he, they weren't very encouraging. Well, at the end, God, God corrected all of them. And then he said, you need Job. Job needs to pray for you guys. And look at what happened when Job prayed for them. It says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave him twice what he had before. Now, Job was before was the Sam Walton of the East. Nobody was richer than Job. I mean, he owned a whole lot. And God gave him double for his trouble. When? When he prayed for his friends. Chris Hodges, wonderful pastor down in Alabama, he made a powerful statement. He said, if God answered all of your prayers, would it change the world or only you? If he answered all your prayers right now. Think about that. When you get in your prayer time, are you beginning to lift up other people? When God brings people to your remembrance? I, I've learned, thank God now, at first I didn't know. I just thought I was thinking about people, you know? People would come up in my mind this morning. I had three people on my mind this morning. And, and when God brought them up to my mind, I thought, well, they must be there for a reason. So I began to pray for them. I said, Lord, bless them. Lord, be with them. I don't know what's going on in their life, but God, I just pray over them right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would direct them and lead them and guide them. You know, man, take the opportunity. One of the most powerful things I heard that Joel Osteen's mom did when she was diagnosed with cancer Three, given three weeks to live, sent home to die. <laughs> she 
begin to realize, I need to reach out to other people. I need to begin to try to minister to other people. And she would drive to the hospital. Now, she has metastatic cancer of the liver. I mean, it was the most progressive cancer, you know, a woman could have at that time. And she would drive to the hospital, and it would just exhaust her, just driving. I mean, she would sit in the parking lot for a while until she could, got her strength, and then she would walk into the hospital. Well, once she got into the hospital, she would sit down because it took everything she had to just get into the hospital. And then progressively, slowly, she would make it to the person's room so that she could pray for that person to be healed. All the time, she's dealing with a life-threatening sickness of her own. She, read, she wrote in her book, Healed of Cancer, that she would be, you know, that people would come down to the altar and, and John would invite them to come to the altar, you know, for prayer. And she would get up from her seat. She would come to the altar and kneel down with them, pray with them. They would get up and leave and she couldn't get up and make it back to her seat. So on all fours, she would crawl back to her seat. Wow. What was she doing? She was sowing into the lives of other people to receive her healing as well. Think about this. If you're dealing with unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment over something, what about praying for some people that you know are going through the same thing or dealing with bitterness, resentment, anger, frustration, hurt? How about praying for them? Because healing can come through us reaching out to other people. It happened for Job, double for his trouble. And look at Jesus. Even Jesus did it. You remember when Peter denied Christ? And now Jesus has raised from the dead. He's on the seashore. He's already got a fish dinner cooked for the guys. They're coming back. They haven't caught anything. He says, hey, throw the net on the other side of the boat. They throw it on and they catch a, a boat sinking load. They have to drag it back to shore. Peter recognizes it's the Christ when John says, hey, that, I think that's Jesus. John jumps in the ocean, swims there to be with Jesus. And Jesus says to him, once they sit down and, and Jesus starts feeding him, he says, Simon. He said in verse, uh, this is chapter 22 of Luke, verse 31. He said, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That's Satan's desire for you. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have prayed for you. Think about that. What is Jesus doing right now? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and it says that he, he, lives, he ever lives to make intercession for you. Jesus is praying for you. so much he loves you he is praying for you he's praying that you'll grow that you'll develop that you'll overcome this situation that your faith will be encouraged that you'll overcome uh, stress anxiety care resentment bitterness anger whatever it is Jesus is praying for you man what are we saying here's what we're saying you can remove the roadblocks to answer prayer. You can do it. Man, I mean, let's just, 
We can ask God to forgive us. We can ask God to, you know, Lord, help us get through this. And we can repent. We can walk free of sin. We can treat our wives the way that they need to be treated. And we can remove these things so that our prayers are answered. And maybe you're here and you've got some roadblocks. And you're saying, man, I need to get some of these roadblocks out of the way. Because I don't know about you, but I need my prayers to get answered. We are believing God for too many things for prayers to not get answered. And I don't know, I don't want anything in the way. When you get on the highway here in the United States and you drive down the highway, I, I was on, I, I like that new highway that goes around Austin, Texas now. I mean, you take 35 down and you hit that interchange and it goes around Austin. The reason I like it is it's 85 miles an hour, dude. <clears throat> Man, I just, <sighs> I like going fast. But you can go that fast because the highway is clear. It's clean. Okay, now I've also driven on the highway in the Dominican Republic. It's not clear. They have speed bumps. I have Dukes of Hazard over these speed bumps, man. I have I've gone airborne, literally, because I didn't realize it was there. You know, and and their highways are not clear. You gotta be watching, man. It's two lane and people don't care. They get over and they pass somebody. And they're in your lane now. And they don't care. I mean, you got to get off. I mean, sometimes you got to find a place, a safe place to get out of the way. Why? Their highways are not clear. There are roadblocks in the Dominican. But God doesn't want us having roadblocks in our lives. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all around the room. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe, maybe you recognize through this message you're saying, Pastor Phil, I, man, I recognize there have been some roadblocks. I've been believing God for certain things and I recognize that it's not that He's not answering me. I see there's some areas that I just need to repent. It's very simple. This is not a long process. If we repent, if we just ask God to forgive us, then, man, that, that clears it. That'll clear the road. That'll pull those roadblocks completely out of the way and if that's you this morning I want to pray for you how many of you would say just by a raise of hand you say yeah that's me yeah I recognize there's some roadblocks and I want to get rid of them in my life thank you thank you thank you thank you let's pray together I'm going to ask you to repeat after me I'm going to pray a prayer of faith and I'd like us to agree together let's eliminate Roadblocks. Let's eliminate hindrances for, ans for answered prayer. Let's pray together. Would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you love me so much. That you died for me so that I could have forgiveness of sins. So Father, this morning, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I release hurt, pain that's been in my life. I choose to forgive. I choose to believe, be a believer and not a doubter. Father, I thank you for forgiving me.
And I thank you, Lord, that when I pray, my prayers are heard. And they're not only heard, they're answered. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.